Hey guys, welcome to A Simply Intentional Life. I'm your host, Rachel Olstead, a mama three life coach for high achieving women, moms, and entrepreneurs, and a lover of organization, intentional living, and simplicity. In our world today, I think we're all a little or a lot more overwhelmed, overcommitted, overstimulated than we want to be. And everywhere we look, there's just so much stuff. I deeply know and believe that less really is more. And this podcast is for those of you who deeply desire a more simplified, organized, meaningful, and intentional life. And for those of you who are desperately craving less mental, emotional, and physical clutter in every area of your home and life. On this podcast, we'll cover a variety of topics, including business, motherhood, health, relationships, decluttering, finances, faith, spirituality, mental health, home life, marriage, and honestly, everything in between, all with the purpose of helping you live with less, cut down on overwhelm and stress, and create more time, energy, and space to actually live your life on purpose, with intention, and true joy. I really do believe that life is messy, but that we are not hot mess moms. I also believe that life can be hard, but that the constant struggle is not required. I believe that we were meant to thrive and not just survive. And that is the heart behind the show. I'm so glad you're here. Now let's dive in. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the newly named podcast, which is so fun, called A Simply Intentional Life. And today I have another amazing guest on, Alicia Carlson. We met a while ago and have some of the same mentors, and it's just been fun to get to know her. I did a podcast episode for her podcast, The Stronger Way, which was so fun. And we thought it'd be so great to bring her on to this podcast and share a little bit about her approach to healthy living and and the work that she does and how it can be simple and sustainable as well. So welcome, Alicia. Hi, Rachel. Thanks so much for having me. It's good yeah. to be here. So fun. So you guys know that, especially when we do interviews on this podcast, that they're really casual and we'll see where it goes. I literally have two questions that I want to touch on. And from there, we'll see, <laughs> we'll see like where, where it goes. But I think this is going to be really, really helpful, especially since most of the women listening are also moms, right? And have a lot of there's there's a lot that goes into to that title, especially when it comes to health and our bodies and the idea of diet or not diet and all of that. So as before we dive in, please tell us what exactly I've hinted to it, but please tell us what you do and who do you work with? Yeah. So my name is Alicia. As Rachel said, I host the Strong Her Way podcast. And I do life and health coaching for women, really from a non-diet approach. So this, I think, is going to fit beautifully into the conversation that we will at least start with. Who knows where it'll go? But really, the non-diet approach is helping women heal their relationship to food, to exercise, to their body. This also includes their weight, but really and truly ultimately themselves. So a majority of the behavior that we engage in around food, around exercise, really how we manage our time, 
how we show up in our lives has so much to do with. In fact, I would say it all stems from the relationship that you have with yourself. And that can be a new concept, I think, for for people. We don't usually think about it in that way. We think, okay, we have relationships with other people, but the reality is, is that you are in relationship to basically everything, your time, your money, food, all of those kinds of things. And so I really do focus on getting to the heartbeat of the issues with my clients. So we don't do a lot of the surface level stuff, which is really just, here's the meal plan. Here's the workout program. Um, You don't need to hire a coach for that. You could Google that. And likely you've done that in the past with maybe little success for a little while, but nothing long-term. And I think that that really is the power and the importance of a coach or of working with me is that you get to experience the transformation on a deeper level. Yeah. I love that so much. And so we have, we've talked about this before, but like we have so much in common, but one of the things that I think we have in common that I want to dig into a little bit is just this focus on really working with and bringing in like the whole person to the coaching, to the transformation, right? And not just your lens is is weight loss, is health, right? Is exercise and fitness and and what that looks like. But it doesn't stop there, right? It's kind of like that's the first stepping point into the journey. But pretty much with anything, right? With any growth, we do have to pick one area, right? That we want to focus on. And then it's like this amazing ripple effect. And it's so fun to be like a witness of that and a guide, right? Along that journey as coaches too. But I'm curious. It's always so fun to hear backstories and and really how we got into this. And I know you have a really, at least I'm fascinated by by your story. So would you tell us kind of where where you don't need to get into all the nitty-gritty details from from birth, but kind of what's <laughs> your what's your backstory? Like how did you get into coaching and why are you so passionate about the work that you do right now, especially with the non-diet approach? Yeah. Ironically, I do think it does start from birth, but we don't need to hash up everything. (laughs) I think for me, when I look back on my journey and really what has led me to the place that I am now, especially doing the work that I'm doing with women, it does stem from how I grew up thinking about myself, thinking about my body. And I think at the time I wouldn't have, I definitely wouldn't have looked at it that way. But I remember probably from like middle school, on, or at least probably in middle school was where it started. I really was looking at my body and comparing it to other girls, my age, the other, my friends and everything that I saw in the magazines and TV. Thank goodness. I didn't have social media back then and really just saw like everything that was wrong with my body. Right. I saw the images on the magazines or TV, and those seemed like the quote unquote, right bodies. That was what my body should look like. And then looking at it in the mirror and being like, oh, there definitely is some discrepancy there. Yeah. Like what I'm seeing in the mirror is not reflecting what is like the good or the right body or whatever that standard was. And so I probably didn't diet much in middle school, but definitely I think that was where the seed of body image stuff started for me. In high school, I would say again, wasn't really into dieting a whole lot. 
But I think that the way that I felt about myself and about my body definitely shaped a lot of my behavior around food, not exercising, maybe trying to lose weight or get in shape. And I would say trying very lightly, right? It was like, okay, I'm going to go to the gym. I would go a few times and then nothing would just really stick. But it really did show up, I think, in other behaviors around partying and just, I think, just vying for attention from other people, from men. Mm-hmm. And I would say the dieting for me really picked up in my early 20s. So like most women, we want to look good. We want to feel good on our wedding day. And so in 2007, that was for me where this journey really started. We were getting married that summer. I was like, okay, I want to be in shape. I want to look good. I want to feel good walking down the aisle. And so I started running. And for me, looking back now, that was actually such a sweet place to start. And that was really like one of the first glass ceilings that I had ever broke for myself because up to that point, I would have not identified myself as a runner. Definitely wouldn't have been like, yeah, I'm fit, I'm healthy, whatever. And I really just started one light post at a time and just built on it from there. And so from from running, I got more into weightlifting and ended up doing a couple figure competitions. And then during that time, I was a hairdresser right out of high school. I knew that that was what I wanted to do. But in 2011, I pivoted. I left my career as a stylist and went back to school, got my degree in exercise science and nutrition and studied coaching and behavior change. And I got out knowing that I wanted to coach women. I had experienced such a deep transformation. And I think at the time, I thought the the way that I was feeling about myself, like the confidence and just this new being was simply because my body had changed or because I had lost weight. But it was just like having this new way of kind of feeling about my body, feeling about myself being in my life that I wanted to share with other women. And so that was the intention of going and getting the degree. I got out knowing that I wanted to coach. So I graduated in 2016 and I went right into coaching, but I went into coaching from that very traditional model of here's the diet or the meal plan. Here's the workout program. Just do it and get results. And I think, unfortunately, that's kind of the process that we have been sold through the diet industry, through the fitness industry. And then when that doesn't necessarily work, we internalize that and we think, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with me. I'm the problem. I'm the failure. And that's not to say that maybe there were things that you were or weren't doing. I think that that's like an oversimplified approach and it doesn't deal with the whole person, right? And for most of us, we have things that are competing for our time and our energy and we can't focus on exercise or we can't focus on our food as though it's our job. And so for me in 2018, maybe that was really where I pivoted out of that mainstream model and started to look at, I think more of like you mentioned the whole person and really started to fold in life coaching, but then also ditching the diet mentality, the diet model. And that's where we're at now. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. And we all have such fascinating journeys. I think that are always like non-linear. I think like in the back of our minds, we're always like, 
thinking or that it should be linear, like X, Y, Z, right? Like one, two, three, but it never is. And it's so fun hearing, hearing your journey and just the ebbs and flows of what brought you to where you are today. But it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, like that you got into coaching, got into this work, like with the mentality that it was about the how, right? Oh, this is how you lose weight. This is how you eat to whatever, fuel your body in this way. This is how you exercise. This is like the strategy right behind it. Here's the nutrition plans. Here's what to do, how to do it. And that is a beautiful approach, right? But it just like, and I think more and more and more people are seeing that that just doesn't that doesn't cut it right for some people who maybe are like wildly mentally strong for lots of reasons. Right. And maybe have like insane willpower can stick to those plans. Right. But the, the mindset component, right. The energetic component, like of how we're feeling our emotions, our thoughts and and our subconscious, right. And how that all plays, plays in together. I love that you've added that component on. And I'm curious just briefly if you can like just explain maybe the difference between the clients and and the results that they were getting when you were solely focused on like the strategy versus now. Yeah. So one thing I want to touch on just briefly is that I I think the discipline and the focus and the willpower will get you so far. Yeah. Unfortunately, people and women, especially that tend to be hyper-focused, hyper-disciplined mm-hmm. around food and exercise that can become super rigid and yeah. it can become very inflexible and it becomes, they're just simply trying to control things in their life because that yeah. p- provides sort of a sense of safety. And yeah. the reason I know that is because that was me. I mm-hmm. kind of went from not really caring about what I was eating, not really exercising, Two, being very strict, very disciplined, very focused. And that was praised. That was very rewarded. People would be like, oh my gosh, I wish I could be as motivated as you or as disciplined as you. Meanwhile, on the inside, I feel like I'm just barely holding on, right? And for me, controlling my body, controlling my food, being super strict and regimented was a safety mechanism. And so I think, yes, being focused, being disciplined, being motivated, all of those things can be beautiful things. And I think that they are necessary for us to have successful, thriving, flourishing lives in any area. But I think, again, you have to really explore, okay, where is this coming from? And if it is causing stress and anxiety and worry, then I would argue that there's something going on deeper that we actually need to get to the root of, right? Because that's where you teeter from being healthy to being that's struggling with disordered eating or even potentially an eating disorder. Yeah. So I think I just wanted to really touch on that because oftentimes it is very glorified in our society, but we, that's where you have to look at the whole situation and the whole person. And now you're going to have to remind me of the question. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that that I love like where where you went with that because it's so true. It's like willpower will only get you so far, but also there can be it's like these types of 
like self-sabotage patterns. Right. And we all have them, but it's just like, what flavor is yours. Right. And it's interesting that you talk about like the control piece, because I think that that is a huge one for so many women. And I think this stems back like very, it's very ancestral, right? Like literally not having control of anything, right? Like Mm -hmm. ever, right. As women and now having control and you're like, wait, what do we do with this? Right. And it does feel like that. Cause that's, my flavor too. Right. And I can, I can tell, I can feel, I have so much self-awareness of when I am trying to like the, it, it shows up as anxiety, right. When I'm trying to control something like overly control something. And so I love, yeah, that you brought that up, but really I wanted you to just, if you would just compare and contrast just briefly, like the kind of transformation and and what that work looked like with your clients, like the results essentially that women were getting when you were focused mostly on just like the, here's what you do. Here's how you do it. Here's the strategy, the meal plans, right? Like I'm sure it worked, right? But comparing that to what you do now with the coaching aspect, the behavior, the, the cognitive and behavior work that blend into that. Yeah. So I feel like the best way to describe that is that when we approach it, approach nutrition or exercise and really anything from just the how, the results are going to be very temporary. Right. And that is oftentimes where it feels like you're running on willpower. You're just trying to do it perfectly. That's oftentimes where you'll see people start and stop. Right. They're either all in, they're all on board doing the meal plan, doing the workout program or they're all off. And I think part of that is because when we do set goals in the fitness arena, since that's what we're talking about, or a lifestyle goal or or something like that, there is a part of you that wants that. And that's why you are compelled to set that goal. There is also a part of you that does not want that goal. It wants to stay comfortable. It wants to stay familiar. It wants to stay where you're at, even if your current circumstances, right? Like your health is maybe not the best. Maybe you're not feeling the greatest about your body because you're not taking care of it, or you're not taking care of it because you don't feel good about yourself. Even though that is uncomfortable, it still is familiar and you know how to do that. When we set out to change, there's a lot that we're putting on the line, right? It's like, okay, I don't know if I can do this, or I don't know what are other people going to think of me. And so anytime I see somebody where they're like, okay, just give me the meal plan, just give me the workout program. I'm like, but have you tried that before in the past? And how has that worked out? Right. It's because there's this mismatch of the behaviors versus predominantly like how you are viewing yourself, like how you think about yourself, how you talk about yourself, how you feel about yourself. And so as long as you're just going after the how, like, what do I need to eat? What do I need to stop eating? How long do I need to work out? We're not addressing you as the core individual. And so I think it was in Atomic Habits. I I had already sensed this, but I feel like he put this so well, James Clear, mm-hmm. is that it's about having the identity or the self, your self-concept match the behavior. Yeah. And that's where things flow. That's where things are so easy. Like you just don't think about it. And when I read that in that book, it really clicked for me because I've been in the fitness industry for 15 years. And I know in the beginning of the journey, like I really had to think about getting dressed, getting out the door to go for the run or whatever. And and now it's, 
I don't even think about that. Like it's as natural as brushing my teeth. And that's taken time, obviously. Maybe for you, it won't take 15 years. And I don't think it has taken me 15 years to get to this place. But that has just become a part of my concept. Like I move my body every single day in one way or another. Maybe it's just going for a walk that day. Maybe it's getting on my bike. Maybe it's lifting weights. But that's just kind of like, that's just a part of how I view myself. And so I think that really is the big difference, right? It's like you can do the how, and that's going to provide that surface level result. That's where you're going to find that you get results for a little while and then you slip back and then you're starting and stopping, starting and stopping. But when we get into that deeper transformation and we really start to adjust your self-concept to the behaviors that you're wanting to implement around food, around exercise, time, and those kinds of things, that's when you really start to see that lasting transformation take place. And I can't remember, I was just reading in another book where they said the phrase easy has to be earned. And I think that that describes it perfectly because it's not always going to feel easy in the beginning, Mm -hmm. getting to bed at nine when you're used to going to bed at midnight, but it's you, you set the goal, you set that intention, you decide I'm going to become the person that goes to bed at nine so that I can get eight hours of sleep. And then eventually you go to bed, you might even be in bed by 8.30 because you know that's just a part of your self-concept. And at that point, it becomes easy. It's become this automated habitual behavior that you don't have to think about. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. There's so much that we could dig into there, but I want to touch on that. Two ideas that you heard from at least some of the, the books that you were looking at. The first one that where you said that quote, easy has to be earned. Like my initial, my initial like body reaction to that, because I'm so obsessed with things being in flow, like flowy and easy and simple, right? Was like, oh, gross. I hate that. But as I heard you talk about it, and as I heard you dissect it a little bit, there is so much truth in that. And I wonder if it's, if someone's listening that had that same reaction, like gross, right? Like easy has to be earned. Why can't it just be easy? Right. But it's more of the idea that, and this is how maybe I'll put a spin on it. That is going to compliment like the way you kind of described it is that like truly nothing is easy. Like the first time you do it. Right. And it's like this idea that it might, something might be hard, but it doesn't have to be miserable. And I wonder if a lot of people are putting, and I know that a lot of people are are like equating something being hard with something being like really, really like miserable, right? Not enjoyable. And I think flipping that on its head is going to be so profound, right? Whether it's in their fitness journey or your health journey or business or any other area of life, it's like, we can have that shift that like, oh, hard actually can be good. Mm -hmm. Right. Like we can find, like, it's like parenting for me is like oftentimes really hard, but like, it's not miserable. It's really Mm -hmm. good, but it's hard. And the, the more I do it with intentionality and the more it's just like, there are things that we do that it's just who we are, right? Mm -hmm. Like you said, having that identity change, then it does over time become easy or easier. Right. And it's just like, those default habits, those default ways of 
doing things because we have a new default of who we are being, right? It's Mm -hmm. like the being comes before the doing and it does have to be earned, but not in like striving way, right? It's Mm -hmm. almost like I'm listening to you talk about your journey and it's, I can see that in those 15 years, you weren't like striving every day to I need to become a person that just easily works out. You know what I mean? Like it that was definitely not the mindset. Like it was a lot more like a an angry foreman of whipping myself to do things and yeah. things like that. So yeah, yeah, it definitely and I can see where that like easy has to be earned can definitely create that. Oh, that sounds icky. Yeah. But I think, like you said, it really is about reframing it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay what are some of the things that you were probably most proud of? I'm sure it wasn't all easy, right? It's like, I look back on even childbirth, right? It was like, there was nothing easy about that. But man, I'm so glad that I went through that difficult thing because I have my kids or I look back on getting my degree. First, first person in my college, first generation college graduate, And not only that, but I graduated at the top of my class after having the story for so long that I'm a horrible student. I'm just like not good at math, all of these different things. And I joke about it. I laugh, but I got my degree and I'm looking at it and I'm like, summa cum laude, like, what does that even mean? I had heard of magna cum laude. So I actually had to Google what that meant. And I mean, it made that five years of those difficult moments, those hard moments, it was like, wow, like I enduring hard things really does, I think, set us up so much better in the future. But I think, again, it's like that conversation that we're having with ourselves about if it's hard, it's miserable, it sucks, I'd rather be doing this. But the reality is it's like things can either be hard now and easier down the road, or oftentimes we settle for what's easy what feels super comfy right now. Mm-hmm. And it has some hard consequences or some hard things on the back end of that. Yeah. So I think oh. just reframing it is huge. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. It's like the instant gratification versus delayed gratification. And I think there can be a combination of that. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think so many people, and as you were talking earlier, like I wrote down and I see this all the time and I fall into this trap all the time too. this all or nothing thinking, right. Where it's like, it either has to be like you said, like the drill sergeant don't eat a single like speck of sugar for two years until I'm down to X, Y, Z pounds or can whatever I'm writing my 10 K's again, or whatever the goal is, but, or it's, Oh, I can have a treat. Oh, I can have another treat. Oh, what's the point? I'm just like not even sticking to it. And then let's just fall off the bandwagon, right? Mm. It's like this all or nothing. But let's talk about this because the truth is always in the middle, right? It can be hard and maybe not easy, but more simple, right? Doable and doable. Exactly. So, what does that look like? What are the, and again, I don't want to dig into the how necessarily, because I don't want to get so nitty gritty that it becomes like, oh, this is the right way to do it kind of thing. But it's like you mentioned too earlier that I wrote down, it's like that flexibility with your health and your fitness, right? While still being a human who lives with other humans, who has a human life and food is everywhere and commercials are like that idea, like how do we 
approach fitness, approach losing weight, getting healthy from a standpoint that like, this is going to be hard, but it can be simple too. What are your thoughts on that? I know that's a really heavy like question, but (laughs) yeah. So a thought that I love about this is I don't have to do it perfectly and I can still create results. Mm, yeah. Right. So I practice this in my business all the time. Like I don't have to show up perfectly. I don't have to do whatever I'm thinking I need to do perfectly and I can still create results. For me, that provides a lot of freedom to show up to do the best that I can do that day with what I have. With that being said, I think like the practical how of, of not, of, of, getting out of sort of that all or nothing thinking, it really does come back to this idea that you don't have to do it perfectly and you can create results, right? So a lot of times I look at things with my clients and it's like, what's the lowest hanging fruit? What's one change that we could make? What's one thing that you want to try that feels like it's so easy, so simple, so doable that there's no way you're not going to do it. And oftentimes I think we've been conditioned that we have to be super extreme. We have to be like, if we're going to make a change in our life, we have to make all of these changes at once, but that creates so much mental and emotional stress that you're basically setting yourself up to fail, right? Some people, and maybe you hit this pinnacle moment in your life where it's, you know, like everything in my life, like I need a big change. I need a massive change. And for some people in some seasons, like you do go in, you completely overhaul Mm -hmm. and that's what you needed. But for most people, we, it's just starting simply. It's starting with one thing that feels so easy, so doable. Oh yeah. Like I could totally do that. And maybe it's as simple as like, you're drinking regular soda right now. Maybe you switch to diet. Like maybe it's not even about cutting it out, but it's just like making that one small shift. Right. And then maybe as you, start to build that sort of habit of, oh yeah. Okay. Then maybe it's like, okay, now maybe I'm going to cut my diet soda out two days a week. Right. It's, it's just, what's the simple, easy, doable thing. What's the next thing that you can do. And then you start to build on that. The other thing too, I think it's take the focus off the result, especially around weight, especially around your body things like that, we can become really attached to the number or to what our body looks like, but it's because of what we have made that mean about us as a person, right? And so it's, of course, we have to do the mental and the emotional work. And that's where in the beginning, talking about healing your relationship to yourself and your body, like that is the huge, deep foundational work. But once we can start to do that, then it's like, I can dissociate my worth and my value from what the number says on the scale that allows me to kind of let the attachment of that go. And I can just focus on the process, right? So it's like, what are the habits that I'm working on? What are the behaviors that I'm working on? And then it's celebrating that all along the way, Mm -hmm. right? It's so often we turn to food or we turn to social media or TV or alcohol because of that immediate sort of surge of dopamine that we get. But if we're celebrating and we're just sort of relishing in the journey, we're relishing in who we're becoming on the way to the goal, then you're not even focused on the results, right? And it's like, 
that's where that internal process of becoming the woman who has the goal that you're working on. And that's the necessary thing that goes back to where when you're just trying to do the behaviors, but you yet, you haven't yet become the woman who does X, Y, and Z, it always feels like you're at odds with yourself and you're fighting with yourself. So totally. yeah, that's when it becomes miserable, right? Like you said, it, it's just like when you are, when those two things are like in alignment, like who you are and what you're doing, then it's seamless. Mm-hmm. And it's just oh, this is the most natural thing ever. And then like you just end up one day and you're like, whoa, I have this result. It almost is like shocking to look back and you're like, oh, it's because I believed that it was possible. And I just showed up as if it were possible, not obsessing how it's not possible. And I wish I could have it, right? Mm -hmm. And that's such a different mentality. Like I wrote down this this thought that... um, like I have had in my own life too, literally word for word, we can't lose weight. We can't get healthy, right? When we're coming from the place of I'm so fat, I should just stop eating sugar. You know what I mean? Like that thought process, like I've heard the term and I've heard, I'm sure we all have, you can't like, and I don't love the word skinny because like, whatever, what does that even mean? Right. And like, why is that the goal? But that's aside the point, but like the idea that like, you can't hate yourself skinny, you know what mm. I mean? And if you do, it's not sustainable. And that is a path of like true destruction, right. Inside mm. out. And yeah, it's that identity shift of, and I just talked about this the other day in a training over in my Facebook group, but just this idea that like one of the most powerful mindset shifts that we can have in general with anything, right. But especially when it comes to something so, I want to say in your face, but not in, I don't know. I just feel like food and exercise and stuff like is really in our face because it's, it's right there all of the time. It's every time we look in the mirror, every time we open the fridge, like every time we're cooking food for our kids or our family, we're thinking about it maybe more than some other aspects of our life. Right. But it's like, I shared this idea that the most powerful shift we can have is to just start believing that it is possible, right. Mm -hmm. That it is possible for this to be more simple and more fun. Right. Because it's like, who wants to commit to something for life? If it's this is going to be terrible. It's like choosing to marry someone that you, it's like, oh, this is going to be an uphill battle. You know what I mean? It's like, why would we sign me up for that? Exactly. And so believing that it could be right. If your brain can't get on board with the fact that this is going to be so amazing, right? It might not be. And that might just be like lying to yourself, but believing, starting to believe that like, Hmm, like that it could be possible that this could be more simple and fun for me. And if I believed that, how would I show up? Right. Would I completely cut sugar out? Probably not. What would that look like? Right. And I love the idea that you said, because what I talk about, what I preach about, what I coach on, and I'm sure what you coach on too, like all the time is just this idea of flexibility. Mm -hmm. Right. And that like living a simply intentional life, right. This podcast is called requires us to loosen the grips a little bit and allow that flexibility. Right. And so I guess I'm just curious, like, are there some, as we're like wrapping up, I know that we could, we could talk about this subject like forever and ever and ever and have so much fun doing it. But for the sake of this conversation, like 
What are some like practical tips? I know you mentioned some already, just making really simple shifts, but like for people that are maybe like already on their health journey, already like maybe recommitted or starting to recommit or starting to dig back in. Okay, what do I what do I really want? How do I want to create it? Knowing that they don't just want to go back to filtering through the diet systems that are out there and, and are ready for like real sustainable change. Like what, what is your advice of how to, to do that while still being human, right? While still having maybe cravings or families that you're cooking for, like in a way that is truly like sustainable and not feeling an outlier on where you're trying to like (laughs) be healthy. And then the rest of the world is we're going out to dinner. <laughs> yeah. So a couple of things, one term and concept that I kind of, I teach that I want to leave here as well, because you brought up the word flexibility a couple of times is this concept of structured flexibility, right? So this means yeah. that maybe I'm going to decide ahead of time what I'm going to eat. I'm going to do yeah. a rough meal plan for myself, but I'm also going to leave the space that if I need to pivot, if I need to make a change, I'm going to do that and I'm not going to, it's not going to be the end of the world, right? So this goes back to loosening the grip of control and needing everything to go perfectly. So I do, I really love that, right? Because it is, okay, let's set some structures in place around your day, around your time, around food. And then let's also approach it with, if we need to be flexible and pivot, we can do that, right? And then obviously I could get into the nitty gritty of, of how that would work. The other thing too, is that you want to think about who is the woman that has X goal that you're working on. Mm -hmm. So who do I need to become in order that I would have whatever, right? And you really want to think about that, right? Is she giving up sugar? Is she giving up flour? Is she never eating out again? And if the answer isn't yes to all of those things, then that's probably not going to be what it's going to take to get you there. You said something a few minutes ago about, yeah, just cutting out sugar for the next two years until I reach my goal. Well, the problem with that, and this is really the issue with the way that most people approach diets or the way that diets are set up, is it's this idea of cutting things out or restricting things until the goal is met. And then we think we're just magically going to go back to (laughs) eating and living our lives the way that we were before, but still keep the result. We know that doesn't work. That's not how it works. And that's what we've been talking about, right? It's like, it has to really become a lifestyle, a part of who you are, a part of your self-concept. And so that's where I love that exercise of let's look at the goal that you're working on. Who is the woman that has that goal, right? What are the things that she's doing on a daily basis? What is she not doing? What is she thinking about herself? What is she not thinking about herself? How does she feel around food? all of those kinds of things. And then I think it's important to really check all of this against your core values and and the things that are most important to you. For me, that was like a huge red flag is that here I am like eating something different than the rest of my family when family mealtime is something that has always been so important to us. And that really felt like it was misaligned with something that was more important to me than a specific physique goal, right? And yeah. so I think knowing and being in tune with your values and and what are imp- what's important to you is huge and then really really flesh out like who is the woman that has the goal that you're working on because that's going to be 
the roadmap, like that becomes your how, right? Is she maybe only eating sugar on special occasions? Okay. Well then the work becomes becoming the woman that only eats sugar on special occasions and doesn't go to the cupboard every day for cookies at the end of the day when she's stressed and frazzled and fatigued. And so that I guess really in essence is the work that I get to do with my clients. It's like, okay, you tell me who you want to be. You tell me the goals that you want. And then we're going to work. That becomes the work that we do together. Yeah. That's so good. And I feel like, I don't know. I hope that like hearing all of this is like a breath of fresh air for people too, because deep down, deep down, I think we all know these truths, right? But it's like hearing them from other people who are living and breathing this work, who are examples of this work and who are continuing to do this work on ourselves, right? In our own lives. It's not like we've suddenly arrived. We are just like continuing to grow and and deepen like that connection that we have. And then applying these principles in other areas of our lives too, right? It's like, you've mastered that in in your fitness and your health journey. And you're probably still working on these things in other areas. And same for me, like I have not mastered this in my own health journey, especially having three babies like in five years. And it's like, it takes a toll. And I know that there's a lot of women listening that do have similar stories, similar situations, but Again, I hope that this is just a breath of fresh air that like it doesn't have to be hard for the sake of being hard, right? Like, there is no end goal and like a circumstance, which is maybe a number on the scale or a pant size from your favorite store. That's a circumstance that alone is never, ever, ever going to create how you actually feel, right? About yourself, about the journey. And so I love that, that you shared decide how you want to think and feel first, right? And then you'll create the result like seamlessly from there. Obviously, I can't ever, ever, ever stress enough the importance of having someone else, right? To to help you along that journey because we all have blind spots, right? We can't see what we can't see. And it is so, so good too, to just be like taking care of, you know what I mean? To be taking care of and always know that like someone, you know, like you as, as a coach, right. That is going to be there when we slip back into that all or nothing thinking when, not if, but when, right. But But yeah, I've so enjoyed this conversation. I feel like again, there's so many takeaways and we purposely don't dig into the nitty gritty, super detailed how, because again, like this isn't about prescribing a right or wrong way to do this. It's about helping you find what works for you and, and in a way that works for you in, in whatever season of life that you're in and it's all perfect and it's all good, but it is possible for it to be more simple and more fun. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. I would say absolutely. And I feel like the other way is actually the harder way, right? Of trying to cram yourself into sort of a one size fits all cookie cutter approach. That by far was the hardest that it ever felt. Yeah. It was hard I, in the beginning of getting coached and learning how to coach myself and doing, I think, some of that deeper internal work. Because it was like, oh my gosh, I just have to slow down. And we had been programmed. I feel like the message, right? It's just always the how. But really, it's like any goal that we're setting, we're setting because 
of how we think that we're going to be different when we reach the goal. But if we don't do the work, right, if you just go through the motions, you're still going to be the same person, but maybe in those smaller genes, maybe at a smaller size, mm-hmm. but you're still going to have all of the same baggage that you have now. And that was my lived experience. It was like I had lost a ton of weight. I was the leanest, the lightest I'd ever been. And my insecurity in my body was only magnified because that was always there, but was never dealt with. Yeah. And so I think that's, that really is just, that's the stuff that actually needs to be addressed and needs to be worked through. And so I think, yeah, just taking whatever diet, whatever fitness plan you're on, you've got to make it your own. You've got to make it fit your lifestyle and fit you rather than you trying to cram yourself into that mold. Totally. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And I just want to throw out one last thought that just came to my mind is like along this journey, I just want to encourage everyone to, to like, not that you have to go deep, deep, deep into inner child work and all of that. There is a time and place and I highly recommend it just on a side note, but just don't forget to give some love to your past self too. Like, I think we focus so much on our current self and what we like, and mostly what we don't like maybe about where we currently are in our body and our business and our motherhood, whatever. And we look to the future a lot and like, we do look to the past, but usually as like a trying to define our future based Mm -hmm. on our past. But like, I just want to encourage people to, especially like the little girl in all of us. Like I remember even like the very first time when you were talking, like the very first memory that I have of not liking my body or like thinking I was fat or that there was something wrong with me. I was like maybe nine years old, nine or 10 years old. And I just look back and I'm like, how sad for like little me, right. That like, I grew up in 21 years later, I'm still having some of those same thoughts and same feelings. And, and just to go back and give yourself some love and like remind, just love yourself right at every stage. And, and just, yeah, I just wanted to, I don't know why that just popped into my head. I'm like, I just need to share this, that those little girl versions of us too, like they, carried us to where we are today and and just to be so grateful and thankful and just sometimes I look back and I just like apologize to my past self. I'm like, I'm so sorry for thinking that there's anything wrong with you, right? Like we're amazing. God created us just as we are and this is all perfect. So that's just a random little note that I think is actually really, really helpful, especially with the conditioning that we have, especially as women and young girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Alicia, thank you so much for joining me today. If people want to follow along, hang out with you, come work with you, find out all of the things, like where can, where can they find you? Where can they find out more information? Yeah. So if what I said resonated with you today and you feel like, okay, this is definitely the kind of, this is what I need then I do have a few spots open in my one-to-one coaching. So if you want to learn more about that, you can email alicia at aliciacarlson.com. If you want to check out my podcast, and this is where we dive into a lot of the stuff that we talked about here, but just a little bit deeper. Again, that's the Strong Her Way, and that's available on all major platforms. And then I am the most active on Instagram at aliciacarlson underscore or Facebook 
just search up the Alicia Carlson. Awesome. And we will definitely link all of that in the show notes, of course. So you guys make sure you have the right links and spelling and all that good stuff. And yeah, so fun. Thank you so much, Alicia. Yeah. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye everyone. Thanks for joining me on another episode of A Simply Intentional Life. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. And I would love to connect with you more over on Instagram and in my free community, The Simplified Life Group over on Facebook. Of course, if you want to dive deeper, explore working together and simplify your own life in every way, make sure to book your free consult call. I can't wait to connect more. And as always, every day is an opportunity to say yes to a simply intentional life.